You know, they say a person can only go about three minutes without breathing. At least that's what it said to me when I Googled it. After that, damage begins to occur. And maybe you've had that contest. You know, you've been at the pool and you go underwater to see how long you can hold your breath. And you, and you stay and you stay and you stay and you stay and you just can't take it any longer. And you shoot right back up to the surface and you just fill your lungs with breath, with, with oxygen and with life. And they say hope is like that. Hope is like oxygen to the soul. We can't go very long without it. Hope fills our soul. It sustains us. It gives us life. It keeps us going. We get in those moments where we find ourselves suffocating from bad news or or disappointment or despair. And then we see this opening in the surface and we make our way to it as fast as we can. And for a little while we can breathe again. We can hope again. We feel alive if not just for that moment. Now there's times in life where we may have less hope. Less hope than we'd wish. Less hope due to circumstances and the challenges and the doubts. And if this becomes long-term and chronic, we just turn our world around and you turn those words around and we become hopeless. It sets in and it's like this big brush that begins to color our world in a certain way. And it's just one color, this color of hopelessness and nothing seems possible anymore. We see the world only in one way. And that usually shows up in cynicism, negativity, or sometimes chronic despair. Now, if we head in that direction, it doesn't make us bad people. It just makes us very human. This human condition, we ebb and we flow between hope and despair, sadness and joy, faith and doubt, sorrow. And to lose hope, we find ourselves at times hopeless. And it doesn't make us unspiritual or spiritual failures. It just confirms that we are very, very human. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think the danger and the risk is this. Choosing to make that a place in which we abide, a place in which we dwell. Living there, instead of making hopelessness a place we visit, we make it our home. And sometimes all we have to go on is the awareness that all you have is God and the promise that God will be with you and is with you. When the odds are against you, when it's beyond hope, sometimes you just take whatever chips you have left and you put it all on that deep awareness that God is with you and you're not alone and you're not alone in your circumstances and you just choose to hope. And maybe that's the part we often miss. I know I do. And that, that's hope is a choice, for me at least, I guess. It's a choice that's based on what I know and what I've experienced about God. Maybe we thought that somehow it would be automatic, that once I started this journey of faith, I would just automatically start hoping, and it would come easy. It came standard with the spiritual journey. But what I've come to know is that hope is a choice. It's a choice I make based on my experience of God, of my trust in God, my willingness to let go and believe that God has my life enveloped in God's love and God's care. I'll tell you this. Some days I choose hope if only because the folks around me need encouragement and they need hope as well. Sometimes I choose hope because I'd rather live with hope, what little hope I have, than live with the alternative, which is being weighed down with despair, fatalism, and cynicism. Sometimes I choose hope because if I don't, I'll soon begin to see all that is bad, 
all that is negative and all that is dark, and I'll miss the beauty that is around me as well as the simple gifts that are right in front of me. I'll, I'll take birthdays for granted. In short, I'll become a very ungrateful person, and I'll begin to expect that life owes me something. You know, this passage that, uh, one of the passages that Susie read, Lamentations 3, 21, 24, that's where the title comes from, Keep a Grip on Hope. It paraphrases it this way. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all, and how well I remember. The feeling of hitting the bottom, but there's one other thing I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God, and I'll say it over and over. He's all I've got left. Let me uh, interject a couple illustrations here, and, and I wrestled with these because they were very, not private to me, but private to a couple folks, but I asked permission. This morning, I met with a couple folks as our silent worship at 9 a.m. And both of them were in a very tough place. One's name is Steve, and one is Dan. You all know Dan. He came to our 9 a.m. silent worship this morning. And I shared with him, I said, you know, I feel really hard doing this, but I want us to think about what hope feels like. What does hope feel like to you? And I had to ask Steve this because when Steve came in and I asked him permission if I could share, I said, Steve, how did your week go? And he shared about his daughter. His daughter struggles immensely with bipolar issues and mental health issues. And she is in high school. And this past Monday, she took 50 pills and tried to hang herself. And this is after his father passed away four weeks ago in a car wreck down east. And he has a sister who struggles with mental illness and is on kidney dialysis. Now, I say all that to say he's dealing with a lot. And so I asked them, I said, tell me what hope feels like to you. And after about 15, 20 minutes of silence, Steve looked up. He says, hope feels like to me of letting go. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, letting go because I know that God is still in it. God is still with me. I said, wow. I said, Steve, I'll pray for you. I admire you. And then our friend Dan. I asked Dan. I said, Dan, what is hope for you? And I just love Dan for his honesty and his simplicity. He literally is a man of few words. But his words count. And in his few words, he says, you know, what's really challenging for me, and you can see I'm adding words to his words. I'm not as simple as he is. He says is that through all of this, it's hard to find joy. He says, and I hope that at one day I will. But then he added this, but he says, but through it all, God is not gone. I said, say it again. He said, through it all, God is not gone. And I thought to myself, hope is a choice for both these men. It's not an easy choice for anybody, but in that 
setting of three people, it was a lot easier for me than it was for them. And hope was a choice for them. In other words, they were keeping a grip on hope. It's interesting to me when I read this passage that Susie read is how the writer says, I keep a grip on hope because of God's loyal love. God's love hasn't run out. His merciful love hasn't dried up. They're created new every morning. In other words, how does the writer in Lamentations keep hope? It's because he he knows his life is surrounded by God's love. My friend Steve knows that his life is surrounded by God's love. Dan knows that his life and Lisa's life is surrounded by God's love. And so I think through the day what happens is God's love, and I like to put it this way, leaves us little post-it notes that God is still present. Do you ever get little post-it notes that maybe someone leaves you? Sometimes I'll leave it for Linda, not very often, but... If I have to leave early, I'll say, coffee is made, enjoy. She doesn't drink as much coffee now, but I'd leave a little post-it note on there with a smiley face. And she would leave little post-it notes for me. When I went to Israel about four years ago, she left me a nice little note on my suitcase with a bunch of peppermints. I guess that meant, I hope you have a great time, and I think your breath really smells. I'm not sure. (laughs) But after 13 hours in the air, being somewhere overseas, it was nice to see this note, I'm thinking of you. That's what those post-it notes do. And I think through our week and through our day, God leaves us little post-it notes to remind us, I'm just thinking about you. I haven't forgotten you. And that's God's love. It's like a phone call from a friend asking how we're doing. This past week, I had someone call me, someone from the meeting, and they called and just said, so how are you doing? I said, great. And I was just waiting for the, the, I need this statement. And so I waited kind of awkwardly for a few moments, and he said, okay, so really, how are you doing? And I thought to myself, he's really honest. He wants to know. I said, well, I'm doing okay. It's been rough, but we're doing okay, and I'm kind of tired right now and feeling a little bit pulled, but I'm doing okay. And we talked for about 15 minutes, and after we got done, that was my little post-it note from God saying, I'm thinking about you. I just gave him the leading to give you a call. Maybe the post-it note has to do with witnessing the courage and grace in someone's life when they're facing challenges. Maybe the post-it note is someone being present to us when we're going through a very difficult time. Maybe the post-it note is just some reminder from God that, you know, No matter how confused and lost and scared and shaken we are, no matter how we can't see what the future holds, God is still thinking of us and God is still loving us through. Look for those little post-it notes through your week where God reminds you, I am thinking of you and I haven't forgotten you. I came across this little prayer. A prayer for hope. Dear God, please give me the strength to hope. Turn my bleak thoughts into gentle encouragement. Let me feel hope and believe that all is not lost. And finally, allow that hope to fuel my courage to carry on. Amen.
Read it one more time. And dear God, please give me the strength to hope. Turn my bleak thoughts into gentle encouragement. Let me feel hope and believe that all is not lost. And finally, allow that hope to fuel my courage to carry on. Amen. How can we keep a grip on hope? I think we can do it through encouraging each other. That's certainly going to help someone. I think we can do it through looking for those, as I said, little post-it notes, those reminders from God that God is thinking about us, that God hasn't forgotten us, that God is loving us through. And I think we just remind ourselves of how much God cares for us, that God is not gone, and that we can let go to God our life, our future, our present, and that God has it all wrapped up in his loving care and his hand.